0: Welcome to the podcast for We Hope Glasgow. We're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this message from Sunday. May it be a blessing to you today. Welcome back. Welcome back. If you've if you've not been here, we are not in a study in the Book of Jeremiah. We have been making that clear. Now, the last couple of times I've been speaking on on Jeremiah, uh, the first couple. Um, Actually, chapter 1, uh, first 10 verses a few weeks ago, and then, um, and then the following verses 11 through 17. Um, <clears throat> I told you last week that we are not going to be continuing. That, that, it, that isn't actually a study that we're in. We're not actually in, Jeremiah, even though we talked about it two weeks in a row. But I did say that we were going to be talking about the favor of God this week. And feel free... If you wanted to keep the series going, to email me uh, maybe some verses or something like that, that you're like, I, I, we want a Jeremiah study, so, um, so send me those verses. Well, <clears throat> sadly, nobody emailed me any verses. Nobody emailed me any verses. <clears throat> but happily, uh, who would have thought it, but I found some. <laughs> I found some, something that's absolutely perfect. And, and, it, and funny enough, it's in the very next verses from where we left off. Last week, huh? Who would would have thought of that? I I really didn't put this together. I'm actually laughing on the inside. Uh, two two weeks ago, we talked about how, um, and God, how we are chosen, how we're set apart, and how we're appointed. And we saw that in the life of Jeremiah. Uh, last, last time, we talked about how God speaks, God speaks. And we, we cherish that again in verse 11 to 17. So we're going we're gonna to pick up today talking about God's favor right where we left off. And I'm going to start by reading the last verse where we left off um, last week and, and move into this next section. And even though it doesn't use the word favor, what is being described perfectly captures what it's like when, when God proclaims and, and places favor uh, on His people. Uh, this, is where, this is what we read in, in Jeremiah chapter 1. Starting in verse 17, uh, Jeremiah, God says to Jeremiah, Now get ready, stand up and, and tell them everything that I command you. Do not be intimidated by them, or I will cause you to cower before them. That's what we read last week. Today, I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, And bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you, since I am with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. This is a perfect example. A perfect example of what, it's, what the favor of God looks like. God's help. God's help even when facing life's, life's great challenges and adversity. And we're going to talk about that, that more in a minute as we talk about God's favor. But first a few stories. Um, I, I didn't know my grandpa Ingraham all that well. Uh, I, my mother once told me that I was being intentionally protected from him. And I know I've talked about this before. Uh, because in her words he was a hyper-controlling abusive monster. So I, I was protected from him. Now, depending on who you asked about my my grandfather, he was either a, a hyper-controlling, a, abusive monster, or he was the most godly, generous man on the planet. Depending on who you who you asked, and, and probably he was he was a, a lot of both. Uh, but anyways, when he passed away a few years ago, and I was able to to stream his his memorial service, I was here in Scotland and. And, and during that memorial service, I just heard heaps of stories that I, I hadn't heard before. Uh, like stories, and, and I know that I've shared them a few times, but, but stories where, where he was in World War II and he was stationed in Alaska with the Navy and, and he was a welder and he wasn't super keen about being stationed in Alaska. Again, we, we, we understand. But, <clears throat> but what, what would happen was if he got on a flight uh, once a month, uh, then he would get extra pay. And so at the end of every month, he would go down to the airfield and he would hop on the, the surveillance flight and, and kind of fly around. They'd fly around. He would just ride on the flight and he would get, get extra pay. Well, one, one uh, particular end of the month, he went down to the airfield and they said, Sorry, Ingraham. Sorry, you, there's, there's no room. There's no room. And, and he went away just dis, uh, disappointed because the, the pay increase was, was significant and he was, he was uh, just so disappointed. But, my, but God was with my grandfather. In, in that moment, in an unusual way to protect him. And, and, and when he was disappointed, that, that flight never came back. The flight never came back. And, and, and even in his disappointment, he was being shown God's protection. He was being shown God's favor, even in those early years. I, I, I'd heard other stories about him. Another one that I, that I knew, um, he, he'd bought a chicken farm. As you do, he bought a huge chicken farm, thousands of chickens, lots of barns, lots of Eggs, And and so he he bought this huge chicken farm, but after two years, chickens got sick, they all died, all of them. Thousands of chickens uh, died. The the farm was was done. And yet God was with him in that moment. He gave him a, a, a direction there. And he ended up converting all these chicken barns into, into offices and, and business space, workspace, and it became um, Northwest Business Park and a, a very successful venture of his. Even when things t- seemed to go bad for him, he, he had God's favor on, on everything that he tried to do, and, and it went well. He started a small welding business in the 40s, which grew to be a pretty decent sized welding and manufacturing company. He, he was extremely generous. To his church, as I'm listening to the funeral, I'm just hearing all these people talk about these stories of of his generosity financially, but also with his time and how he would come and he would help and he would build things and he would fix things for for different people, volunteering his time wherever he saw need. It's just story after story of my grandfather helping people, building this, and just being a blessing to the people in his life and in that area. Now, as I said, I, I didn't know. That side of my, my, my grandfather, I, I didn't really know anything much about him. I was trying to be afraid of him and to keep my distance. And, and we had very little contact. But the thing is, is my grandfather knew a lot about God's favor. He, he experienced a lot of, of God's favor. And one day, on a, on a pretty unusual day, uh, as a late teenager, I had one of those very significant moments. And, and I, I was asked to drop something off at his house because... Um, I worked at the welding shop and, and, and there was something to drop off there. And so I, I drove up there and I, I rang the doorbell. And, and I, I'm a little bit nervous because he's that guy. And, 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 and he came to the door and, and he's like, Oh, Brian, it's, it's great to see you. It's great to see you. I, I, I want to show you something. And so he reached in his pocket and he pulled out this, uh, laminated, this laminated piece of paper. And he says I've been, I've been memorizing this verse. This is my life verse. And I, and I want to invite you to to memorize it as well. And I'm hesitating because he never used the word invite. It was much more of a command than that. I want you to memorize uh, this as well. And, and, and uh, you know, this might, was one of the more bizarre moments. And, and, I, and I know that I've talked about this before because it's, it was so unique for me to have this moment with my grandfather. And, I, and I'm just struck at how even one God moment with my grandfather could have a massive impact on my life. And, and and even taking that further, one God moment with anybody. One God moment over coffee. One God moment over a meal. One God moment just passing by someone on the street. The right word at the right time can massively impact someone's life. But anyways, he gave me this verse, which became one of my, one of my top life verses for my life. And it reads like this. It was in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And, and, it, and it reads like this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. The eyes of the Lord, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. 2 Chronicles sixteen nine. If you've been around here for a while, you have heard me talk about this verse because it is that significant to me. One, one thing my grandfather taught me before he died was God is looking to help. God is looking to help. God is looking to strengthen. God is looking to assist. God is looking to grant all kinds of favor on people whose hearts are fully committed to Him, even imperfect people whose hearts are fully committed to Him. And and on that day, standing on my grandfather's front steps, something became very clear to me. Brian, run after God with all your heart. And expect that God will be with you, that, that God will help you, that He will assist you, that He will be there, He'll be there and, and pour out His favor on you. It was true for my grandfather, it's been true for me, and I know it's it's just true, and it will be true for you as you set your heart to run after God with all your heart. For the next couple weeks, for the next two weeks, this week and next week, my plan was to talk about God's favor. And now something's come up, and so I might need to change. Change uh, my plan. My speaking plan for next week. I was going to be talking about how um, how to continue to grow in God's favor for a lifetime. I might have to postpone that for a bit because next week I might have to give a little vision uh, a vision chat about where God uh, what God is kind of stirring in our church and, and maybe some next steps and things like that and kind of help help you see like what God's been speaking to me about since January and kind of where we're going. I kind of feel like I, I want to do that before before we get to July. But, but today, we're going to talk about what is the favor of God. What is it? And hopefully, the time, when the time comes, we'll talk about how to continue to grow in it. But, but at least today, we're going to cover what, what is the favor of God. So here, let's talk about this. The favor of God. Now, the same word for great, uh, grace, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> the same word for grace can be translated Favor. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, you have the word grace. And sometimes it's translated favor, which, which lets us know that, that favor is one of those things like grace where it's a gift. It, it, it's just given. God gives the gift of favor on, on people, some undeserving people. Uh, he, he just grants favor on people as a free gift. You see examples in the all throughout the Bible of evil people, actually, who turn to God uh, or, or who seek favor from God, being granted favor, not because they deserve it at all. Like the e- most evil king, Manasseh, is granted some favor from God. The most evil king in, in the line of Jesus is granted favor because he sought it. God can give favor, grant favor, just, just as a free gift, as a gift. Favor is when you're given this gift from God that, that results in obvious, observable perks. Perks. Obvious observable perks such as blessing, grace, help, deliverance, direction, uh, things like that. But basically, favor is the God-helped life. That's what favor is. The God-helped life. The God-helped life. Again, it means finding approval, acceptance, special benefits or blessings from God. Like 2 Chronicles 16, 9. When God's eyes land on you, when God's eyes land on you with that heart to strengthen you, Strengthen you on the inside. Strengthen you with, with church. Assist you in, in, in obvious ways, such, he did, such as he did with King Asa in the Bible, the, the one who is the, in the context of, of 2 Chronicles 16. So favor is when you have been granted uh, God's approval, uh, and with the result of seeing obvious you know, perks, obvious perks, like his help. But the thing is, is that every single believer has at least some favor. Just as a believer, you, everybody has some favor. And we see this in Ephesians chapter 1 when it's just talking about our salvation and what God has accomplished for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, we, we see that He chose us, that God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. It says, In love He predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for Himself according to His favor and will. According to his favor. And will every believer has some favor from God. But again, it's immediately obvious that not everybody has the same amount of favor from, from God. Uh, some people, believers uh, have much more favor from God than, than others. And that's because there are degrees of, fail, of favor. There's degrees of favor. You Don't think of favor as like an on-off switch on a light. Like, I have favor. Click. Click. No, don't have favor. Click. Have favor. Click. Off. On. Off. You know, like, that's not how, how favor works. Think of it more like a dimmer switch. We have favor. The light is on, but we want it to be turned up brighter. Sometimes it's brighter. Sometimes it's being turned down, and, and it's more dim, and sometimes it can be so dim you can, you can hardly perceive it. But, but it's, it's, favor is more like, like a dimmer switch. There's degrees of, of, fa- of favor, and, and I can't tell you how much I, I urge you and, and implore you to keep seeking God to turn up that favor in your life. God, grant me more favor. He hears that prayer. Even even all kinds of people do the Bible. God, grant me more favor, more favor. There, there is more. There's, there's brighter. God, let your let your favor shine more brightly into my life. Again, seeking that, seeking that favor uh, from God. More favor, more perks. Some of the perks uh, of favor is help. Obvious help. Obvious help for whatever your crisis. Obvious help for whatever your challenge. Obvious help for whatever your prayer request. Obvious help, whatever your crisis, challenge, or prayer. Another perk is guidance. Obvious guidance from God. God, as you seek Him for for answers and for direction, God, how do you want me to, to... What do you want me to do in this moment? How do you want me to respond in this moment? God grants direction to those he favors. Uh, Obvious success. Success is one of those things. Not all success is God's favor, and yet he can grant it as a gift. And this may look like doors opening where where you didn't see a way for those doors to be opened. Uh, Maybe prospering in a situation that you wouldn't normally have prospered in. That, That idea of just granted extra success in that favor away from God. Another perk of favor, another, another uh, fruit of favor is obvious listening, where God is clearly listening to your prayers. Now, God is hearing your prayers, but, but so much so where you're like, wow, I, I pray and I just am hearing and I, I know that he's hearing me and I know that he's answering, I know that he's with me. Just that, that closeness to that and, and obvious grace. Sometimes you just, you're like, oh, there's just more grace on your life. I did not experience what I deserve to experience right there. And, you know, God would have been right to let me just kind of in the now experience the consequences for, for that mistake or whatever. But, but he grants grace even in those moments, in the, in the here and now. And, and sometimes we don't, we don't have to experience all the consequences that we deserve to experience just because of his favor in, in that moment. More favor, more perks. You know, who doesn't want more of God's favor in, in their lives, uh, but with, with all of that with all of that goodness, I, I need to make two clarifying statements about favor, just so we so we have a full picture of it. The first thing I need to say about favor is favor is not a formula for getting what we want. Favor is not a formula for getting what we want. God knows our hearts. You can't manipulate God into getting what you, you want, He knows what you're doing. He knows that you're you're manipulating. He knows what we're doing. That's why 2 Chronicles is really a a, a good verse, a guiding verse for this, because it talks about how God's looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. He's looking at our hearts. Too often people are are committed to their own plans and their own goals and their own uh, aspirations, and they want God to help them reach their own independent dreams, no matter what God wants for their lives. And so they want to do some God stuff to get some God perks. So they can reach their own goals. I give God some time. I, I get what I, I, I want from God. Uh, you see this when, when people turn against God because something goes horrible in their lives. Kind of exposes what they were thinking. This idea of, God, I followed you. I trusted you. I served you. I, I did the right things at the right time and you allowed this to happen to me It's worthless following you. It's worthless. That idea of it, worthless following God, is that sense of, God, I I scratched your back. You're supposed to scratch my back. I did this for you and for your kingdom. You're supposed to... Now grant favor and keep this horrible stuff from happening. The, the mindset of, uh, of turning on God when things go, go bad or turning against God when things go bad is, is part of a corruption of expectation when it comes to favor. God, I, I did this for you. you. You ought to do this for me. I gave you two hours at church. I get two favor credits or, or whatever. It's not how it works. God is looking to grant favor on those who actually love him who actually trust him in all the challenges of life. Um, people who are asking God, God, what are your goals for my life? What, what is it you want for my life? What is your heart for, 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 for my situation right here? What's your heart for this church? What's your heart for this area? What's your heart for our nation? So it's not a formula. It's not a formula, but also, and maybe this is the most shocking bit about God's favor, this, this could throw you off, but God's favor is not the same as a pain-free life. God's favor is not the same as a pain-free life, a suffering-free life, a disappointment-free life. That is not, that is, that is not the same. Life can still be overwhelmingly difficult. Overwhelmingly difficult, overwhelmingly challenging, over, uh, full of tears full of suffering, full of pain, whilst enjoying the incredible favor of God. And you're like, how how is that? That is the testimony of every single example in the Bible. Every person, there's 10 people in the Bible who the Bible explicitly says that they have God's favor. There's 10 godly people who the Bible says they have God's favor. And every one of those 10 people Experience God's favor in one way, but also experience pain, and challenges, and disappointments. Having God's favor is not is not a is not the same as having a pain-free life. Th- these 10 people, let's just walk through them real quick. Noah, Noah's the first one. So the world was, uh, was corrupt, evil and corrupt, and, and God was grieved that he'd man, made man on the earth. If you've been around, it's in, it's, you've probably heard the verse before. And he decides to, to wipe, out, but wipe out humanity and, and, and wipe out the earth. But Noah, it says, found favor with God. So what does that mean that Noah found favor with God? Well, as a result, Noah is given clear direction from God and, and as he obeys that clear direction from God, he, he's, it leads to God's clear rescue of him. So for, for God, God's favor there for Noah is he gets direction and an incredible, miraculous rescue. Miraculous, he works 100 years uh, in obedience to God to, to build this boat. He has favor. God helps him know what to do, and, and they survive. But at the same time, Noah is referred to as a preacher of righteousness, as a preacher of righteousness, but the whole generation rejects him. He, he, he doesn't experience people uh, repenting at his preaching. He's, he, he, he's um one of the one of the more ineffective preachers in, in all of the Bible. So he has God's favor in abundance, and yet he's completely rejected. He's completely rejected uh, by, by that whole generation. Noah has God's favor. Abraham. Abraham is the second person that says, has God's favor. He, he receives incredible promises of God, uh, of the land, of, of Jesus coming through his genetic line, of, of all, the, all the world being blessed through him. Abraham has lots of favor, but he also has lots of waiting. He gets these promises, but then he waits and waits and waits for, for 25 years for his son Isaac to be born. For, for a couple thousand years, for, for Jesus to, to be born, we might think if we have favor, then everything's going to be quick and easy. We have favor, and so doors are flying open. No, there's a disconnect between having God's favor, which Abraham clearly has. It doesn't mean we're, we don't wait. We're not waiting. We want to think of favor as no waiting. We want to think of, yeah, we hate waiting. Abraham had favor, and he had to wait, and he had to wait, and he had to wait the third person that mentions has god's favor is joseph and it mentions it in chapter 39 in genesis where it says he has favor and that's whilst he is in prison so he has god's favor but dude <laughs> he's a prisoner he's in prison and the bible makes it clear joseph did not want to be a prisoner he has god's favor but he's a prisoner. Having God's favor doesn't mean that your life is full of success and, and it's how you want it to be right now. That, do, that's not, that doesn't mean that you, you have or you don't have God's favor. Now, Joseph is a penniless slave in, in a land that he was, he was sold off into slavery and in, in a captivity where his family doesn't even know where he is. They don't even know if he's alive. They think Some of them think he's dead, and yet he has God's favor as a slave. Some of you have God's favor but are completely blind to it. You're completely blind to it because all you can see is what's not going well for you. That things aren't happening, that you're waiting, so I must not have God's favor. Or my life isn't how I want it to be, so I must not have God's favor. Just because life is a long ways away from how you'd want it to be doesn't mean you don't have God's favor. Make sure you're able to see the whole picture, not just the pain picture. The fourth person, the fourth person who says has God's favor is Moses. I mean, favor favor in abundance, red sea, plagues, manna, all that stuff. God is clearly with him. Uh, But have you read the Moses story recently about how pesky the whole nation was to him as leadership they want to reject him sometimes they want to kill him some they like his leadership task of this nation he just wants to quit it a few times he's like god i can't do this like, his, his he, he felt like leading the nation like it was a nightmare for him at times and yet he's enjoying god's favor he's suffering because of the task that he's pointed to but he's he's got he's exuding god's favor in abundance Gideon is the fifth person that says God's favor. He gets confirmation from God twice, the the fleece thing. And and he has huge victory against impossible odds. And yet all his life he's been plagued by insecurities, doubts, people fears, and 70 of his sons are murdered in one day. But he has God's favor. Samuel is the sixth person he hears from God as a boy. He leads the nation well. He leads it in a great revival. He's a, a godly leader of the nation. But in the end, the nation rejects him as their leader, and they want a king instead. And so even though he has decades of leadership left, he loses his job. He has God's favor, but he gets completely rejected. He loses his job as leader of the nation, and, and, he, has, and he appoints Saul to become king, And even though he has got decades of leadership left. God's favor in abundance. He didn't do anything, but he loses his job. David is the seventh person who has God's favor, and we think about all the, the amazing moments in David's life, David and Goliath, and just how God appoints him, and, 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 the, and just all these incredible things, but also he, he's on the run for years for his life, hiding in caves, and he has to send his family to live out of the land. It's so dangerous. He's, he's near death a few different times, and, and, and yet God keeps rescuing him. Yeah, he has God's favor in abundance, but but it, it's not like he's, he's living the Cush life. He is, he is running for his life, he's being betrayed by people who shouldn't be betraying him and 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 yet he's got god's favor but not an easy life dangerous near death the eighth person who, who it says has god's favor is daniel daniel you know he's got god's favor favor upon favor wisdom the ability to understand dreams and interpret dreams the chief of the magi in the east and yet all of his peers hate him so much they trick the king into making a law so that he'll be thrown to the lions and eaten was the plan uh, it didn't quite work out that way, praise God. But he was so hated. He was so hated by his peers. But with God's favor. The ninth godly person that says has God's favor is Mary. Mary uh, and the angel says to her, Greetings, favored woman. And she's going to become the mother of Jesus. But the angel also says to her, A sword will pierce your heart or your soul. A sword will pierce your soul. And she has to deal with, uh, in, in that culture, just the, the shame of, of, of not being married and being pregnant. And, and she goes off to live with her cousin for uh, several months during her pregnancy and then watching her son be crucified in the most brutal way possible on the cross. Favor. Pain. And the 10th and one, godly person. I would consider him a rather godly person in my humble estimation. Jesus. Jesus Full of favor, totally rejected. Totally rejected, so much so that they're demanding his crucifixion to the governor. And the governor's like, I can't see anything wrong with this guy. And yet they're just demanding for his crucifixion. Full favor from God, full, full favor from God, complete rejection. And the whole generation wants him, wants him to be dead, or that, the leadership of that, that time wants him dead, wants him crucified. So these are the ten people that the Bible, that are godly people, that the Bible explicitly says have God's favor. But every one of them lives, lives their lives with significant pain, significant challenges, significant disappointments, significant fears, waiting and waiting and waiting and, and all of it. So as we talk about favor, as we think about favor and, and do we have God's favor in our lives, we're not talking about are we living a pain-free, easy life where all the doors are flying open. We're talking about living with the help of God, the help of God, through the challenges and pains of life. We're talking about living with the help of God through the challenges and painful days ahead. We're talking about living with the direction of God in confusing moments where we are genuinely confused and troubled and don't know what to do. We're talking about living with the success that comes from God, but, but it doesn't mean that we're successful in the traditional way. Maybe like Joseph, we're successful even though we are, in, in, that's, in his sense, in slavery, penniless, prison, not the kind of success that we would prefer, but still successful in the place that God has us, maybe not where we would want to be. Favor is not about the pain-free life, but it's about the God-helped life. The God-helped life, and, and we want that. We want that. So then the question is, okay, why? Why, why, why? why is it that when we have God's favor, not everything's easy all the time or, or, or life isn't bad? Why is that not the case? Why are those disconnected? And, and there's two reasons for that. One, partly, be, partly so that we can stay humble. So, partly so we can stay humble whilst carrying the incredible favor of God. It's too many people experience success from God and it goes to their head and they think that their success is actually from themselves and instead of being a gift from God they lose perspective and then they turn away from God whilst enjoying his favor. The Bible is full of examples of that. So the pain and the challenges often are there to keep us hungry for more of God and more closeness with God and and, and to keep us humble, keep us seeking God, depending on God, even when we're experiencing favor in many ways. It's not unusual to have incredible pain with incredible parts of your life where God's hand is just all over it in effective ways. To keep us humble, number one. Secondly, the other reason why everything isn't easy when we have God's favor is because... God wants you to be mighty. God wants you to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He wants you to be a mighty man of God. He wants you to be a mighty woman of God. He wants you to be be strong and mature. And you only become that way through adversity, through challenges. And he wants you to have his favor, but he also wants you to be mighty. And so we read in James chapter 1 that we, we should consider it a great joy, a great joy. My brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. God wants to pour out His favor uh, on those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. But He also wants us to keep growing and keep pressing in and becoming mighty. Now, I I have God's favor on my life and and so did Jeremiah. So did Jeremiah the prophet. Let me just reread after we've heard all this stuff about what favor really is like. Now, let me reread the first verses from, or those verses from Jeremiah chapter 1. And and you can see again, okay, I see, I see how he's given favor, but it's not necessarily the pain-free life. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse, verse 17 again. Now get ready, stand up, and tell them everything I command you. Do not be intimidated by them, or I will cause you to cower before them. Today, verse 18, I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you. It's not going to be like, you're just going to be, it's just going to be easy without pain, without challenges. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you. Favor, since I am with you to rescue you. And if you go through the story of Jeremiah, he gets some pretty dark moments. But God rescues him out of each one. I think I wanted to talk about favor today because the the challenges of life, the disappointments of life, these things, they keep us humble and desperate and they keep us growing, but sometimes they keep us blind to the amazing things that God is doing in our lives. And if we're not careful, we can become discouraged and depressed and just feel like God is not He's not with us. He's not, he's not he's not helping us. He's not he's not here. He's not near. Sometimes you just have to take a little bit, zoom back a little bit, and say, okay, this part of my life, there's pain, or there's challenge, or there's confusion. But I can see over here, God is with me, and he is helping me in, in part of my life. Sometimes we need to to zoom back. And and, and I wish, I, I wish in one way that 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 having God's favor meant everything was easy but actually I'm also thankful that God wants us to be mature and mighty in our generation so favor it's not the weight of a pain-free life praise God but it is the God-helped life it is the God-helped life and we could all use a lot more of that probably the God-helped life three challenges for us today challenge number one can you see three places in your life where you can identify God's favor now, if the light is turned down a bit, if, if, if it's dimmed down a little bit, it may be harder to identify. But maybe you might have to sit there and pray, God, help me to see, where do I have your favor? It's not immediately obvious to me. I want you to identify a place of favor in the, so we can uh, rejoice and, and be thankful about that, which is challenge number two. Write a thank you note to God for the favor and help you can see in your life. God loves to be praised. And he gives you a bit of favor. He, wants, he loves it when you, you praise him for it. You can write, write a thank you note. Thirdly, spend time praying and asking God for an increase of favor in your life. There are so many examples of unworthy people asking for favor and, and being granted it. And being granted it.